Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode number 26 of the Purple Octopus Red Sweater Podcast. My name is Evan, joined by Wes as always. Wes, how are you? I'm doing good. A little Mother's Day edition here. We got uh, Happy Mother's Day out there to anybody who's a mother. Uh, and we got Wyatt New Power, Red Wing Prospect, coming on later. So this uh, episode 26 is going gonna, gonna to be banging. Lightning are beating the Leafs 3 nothing right now. Yep. Yeah, we got we got Wyatt New Power for about forty five minutes. Great great interview. Um, one thing we didn't ask him: What do the boys call him? What's his nickname in the room? I dude, I had that written down, and I just never asked him. I'm gonna like guess we, Noopy. Yeah, probably something like that. Uh, yeah. Noops. His his uh his his uh social media thing is W Noops. So maybe Noops. Noops. Got it. Okay. Well, yeah, since the last time we talked, it's been a while. Uh, reason being is we had some issues with our RSS link feed uploading podcast. We also had a debacle with a video or a, a audio editor. So we're back. Wes is on the sticks now. Yeah, He's I on bet the he doesn't ABDs. work for T Grizzly anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll get into that later at some point. But um, yeah, a lot going on since we talked last um I, old news at this point but uh jeff blashell was not renewed we will have a new head coach for the 2022 2023 season so um we can go through it quickly what are your thoughts on that and then like who do you think will be the next coach potentially uh i mean yeah you know thanks blashell seven years was it seven years yeah seven, seven years, years yep. of uh struggling and and you know doing what you could uh trying to trying to train the boys and get the boys ready um you know, you become a lame duck at some point and every coach knows that. Um, so yeah, time for him to go. Um, and then the goaltending coach and Doug Hoda also go Alex Tangay stays, which I believe is because the Red Wings had a pretty good power play this year. Um, obviously significant up from years past or the last couple of years past anyway. So, uh, obviously Eiserman and the staff want to keep Tangay uh, there to be on the power play. Um, and as far as a new coach goes, I, I want to say it's going to be Ricker Gronberg. Um, how about you? Yeah, uh, I agree with what you said. And I think we disagreed last time about like the power play being like marginally better. I know like we, we said it last time we talked. Well, that yeah, again, not it's not great, but it's with, with better the than it was. Yeah, with, with the personnel we have, it definitely is an upgrade. And we just hired this guy, hired him last offseason. So um, and Tenge is, like you said or alluded to at least, he's more of like a power play specialist, special teams guy. So something that will be improved upon in the future with this new coach, who I think it's going to be, I would say like the Vegas odds would be Paul Maurice as a favorite, just because he is the most recent laid off coach who is still in my eyes, a very valuable head coach and a valuable leader, um, you know, powerful, powerful voice in the room. So, um, but on a long shot, uh, Lane Lambert, or and I like your take too with the card Gronberg. I think he he will be a, he would be a great coach. Yeah, Lane Lambert, of course, Eiserman's uh, first uh, roommate um, in Detroit. Um, and and you mentioned um, Maurice also, Paul Maurice. Uh, any three of those guys, I think, in my opinion, um, really, you, Gronberg and Lambert, who haven't been head coaches in the National League, Gronberg, who hasn't coached outside of Europe, obviously. Right, at, right away, it looked like Paul Maurice might be the best option. Um, you know, Eiserman's going to hold his, his cards close to his chest, as always. He has his poker face. And, uh, you know, he's, he's going to get somebody who it's going to be the right guy for the job. I yeah, mean, 100%. It, it's everything Eiserman touches is turns to gold. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, and, like, what, what Eiserman hired in Tampa Bay when he was their GM was John Cooper, a guy who had zero NHL experience. 
uh, coaching. So like, it, I would not be surprised whatsoever to have another um, situation like that. Yeah, and going... that could be Ricker Rick Gronberg, right? For I mean, John Cooper was a, an attorney and a coach like uh, AAA or high school hockey or something in, in Michigan. Um, yeah, Richard Gronberg could be the diamond in the rough like like John Cooper was. Yeah, we should also like quickly touch on the press conference that Eiserman did. It was his year-end availability. And he had some awesome quotes. He said, shit show, which made my dad. I thought that was hilarious. Like, he's one of us. Like, it's like stoic and is like heroic those two words rhyme that he is he still is one of us like he's talked about smoking weed um yeah the... very very vaguely has very mentioned that vaguely. he's a bit of a fucking stoner yeah like he just kind of uh you know when when biz asked him about D and he was like well biz we know you, i can't say that on air uh yeah there, there's some times um you know hey, i hope he is a fucking stoner i'd love to fucking roll spliff with fucking stevie y I think I would be ready or to hit his dab pen. One or one of the yeah. other. Yeah. Um, Kirby Doc did. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. On yeah, the draft in 2018. Uh, so the next thing we have here is kind of like the Red Wings season recap, recap and grade. Um, for me, it's like pretty easy. It's between like a B and a B plus. I want to lean towards a B plus because all season we preach player development and making sure like the younger guys are put in a place to succeed and not only that and also succeed so uh, i think that was a pretty big success like lucas raymond and moritz cider had incredible years like moritz cider set up to be a top 10 top five defenseman for the next decade um larkin stepped up or stepped up uh jacob Vrana had a great stint when he came back to after the uh after the surgery and injury so um b plus for me how about you uh, yeah, uh, I would say probably a B, um, there's still needs of improvement. Um, obviously, you know, like you said, cider, and we even talked with Wyatt about that, uh, you know, and he, he got into how, just how easy cider makes the game look. And, uh, uh, so it was cool to hear from one of his, uh, you know, op-ed, uh, teammates or somebody else within the, or another player in the organization, not that they're really teammates, but, um, you know, uh, uh yeah, just, <laughs> I mean, cider, unbelievable. Him and Raymond both playing 82 games and being the only rookies out of 48 in the National Hockey League that did that. All the while, uh, Raymond is a little tiny guy who's also a European and never never played the hard-hitting game before. And he was getting ragdolled every fucking night to, to go and play all 82 and put up, uh, what did he have, 23 goals? Did he yeah. finish with 24 maybe? Um, great season. And Mo um, Sider finishing with 50 points. Yeah, unbelievable for both those guys. Um, we know Raymond is not uh, with Sweden at the World Championships. Is yep. Cider there? I don't think he's announced yet, but I, you're right about Raymond. He declined his um, invitation just to heal up over the offseason. So I, Which, I, I'm, yeah, I get, I mean, you know, he uh, he got his ass beat every night. He did. And like it, such big props to those two guys, like the most hockey they played in their entire lives as rookies in the most physical league on the planet, uh, some would argue like junior C is more physical, but, um, well, yeah, cause junior C is a bunch of fucking 17 year olds that aren't going anywhere. So they beat yeah, the shit out ex- of each other. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, the future is obviously bright. We know that we pound that into the ground every, every time we talk, but, um, so kind of going along with the, the season grade and the recap, come along with expectations for next year, like what we could do in the off season, what, we're, what we could do on draft night. But what do you think we should do in the off season 
is it is this going to be like a monster offseason that CVY says let's go all in, or is this going to be more of a conservative? Let, let's take a slow approach here. I don't know. I mean, when you look at the names, who's out there other than other than aging wonders? Um, like you're not gonna and and are these guys gonna these aging guys? You know, when we talk about who's out there, Malkin and Latang, they're not gonna want to come to rebuild. Mm-hmm. They've won. They've already won three cups, man. Uh, and you know they're probably gonna want to go to another cup contender if they don't both stay in Pittsburgh. Um, or and you know uh, there's all there was all the talk. Malkin's wife came out earlier this year and said. Um, you know, this may be his last year. He might not do another contract. He wants to finish playing in the KHL in Russia. You got to think that stance has probably changed with what's been going on in over there for the last two and a half months. Um, and so it doesn't, when, uh, before that, it wouldn't have surprised me to see him sign like a one year, $7 million deal or something. Now it wouldn't surprise me to see Malkin sign for four. Fair. Yeah. Um, some notable names that, are going to be UFAs that like, I don't think we're going to get any of these guys, but just for the sake of the conversation, Vinny Trocek, I think he's like probably the most popular name. Um, Johnny Goudreau, who's going to ask for probably nine to $10 million a year. We're not going to Stevie. Y won't do that. No, um, because Raymond and Sider are going to need 13 million in three years. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Philip Forsberg, who, Probably is going to ask for the world as well. He's already at six. He's going to ask for eight. Between I don't eight know and if nine. he'd be allowed to play for the Red Wings, just given his surname. Can we have real allowed to have a Forsberg with a Red Wing jersey on? It's just, just seems fair faux pas. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. Not, nothing against Peter Forsberg, only the fact that he was a Colorado Avalanche. He's one of the greatest players of, of you know, the last 40 years, 30 years, uh, one of the best of his time, uh, revolutionized different things in the game, but uh, no. <laughs> yeah. And then to kind of go down the list, Andre Pilat and Max Domi, they don't fit in the timeline again. They're young, younger. Um, but, but you know gonna... what? Um, Pilat is an Iserman guy. He is an and yeah. Iserman loves bringing those Tampa guys. He's 31 he though. He's 31. Yeah, he's 31. And he's a great fucking player. Yeah. See, like he's we'll a transition. great, bo- he's a great bo- middle six, bottom six uh, guy. Pilat. We'll, we'll transition with the Pilat thing from uh, UFA into what could happen potentially in the offseason. There is some smoker on Teller Bertuzzi being traded. I could see a world where Bertuzzi gets dealt. We get a King's ransom for him because of the season he just had. He looks healthy at the end of the year, which is a huge plus for him. Um, and then we go out and use some of that money that we're going to save on a guy like Palat, maybe a Trocek, to kind of fill that void. Different, t- different styles of play, but you are, you know, replacing that spot and bringing on assets. So something to look out for. I don't think it's going to happen, but you know, Bertuzzi could all, it could be Bertuzzi could possibly be a piece that's moved. If Eisenman wants to move up in the draft, if he end up with eighth, eighth, ninth or 10th spot, I've wrestled around, wrestled around with that thought, but like, say, I think Buffalo would be a good match for this or New Jersey, but I'll use Buffalo for this example. What if you give us Alex Tuck, we give you Bertuzzi, you flip flop first. Would that make sense? Would that be crazy? Would, no, would we... that's ridiculous. Ridic- Tuck's okay. Tuck. I think Tuck is a few years younger than him. Tuck is a Buffalo guy. He's from Buffalo. He grew up True. a Sabres fan. True. He loves being there. Um, I, and I don't, I don't think you'd get a, re, um, not that you wouldn't get a return for Bertuzzi. Obviously, you would. Uh, that that would be. I, I yeah. That was a that was a pen thought about a couple nights ago. Oh yeah. Um, special baby don't worry he was thinking <laughs> it too 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like hitting mine before I go to bed too, and then I have the weird thoughts of what the hell is going to happen, you know. And then I oh, I, start, I love it. Yeah. yeah, I start picturing fucking you know uh, like Crosby and Landis Cog playing on the fucking same line in Detroit. But anyway, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. So next we have is like the playoff matchups. We did some predictions, and I'll, I'll tweet it out. I don't want to bore everyone with our predictions, but um, well, we yeah. missed the Florida. We both called for a clean sweep in Florida, Washington, and yeah. Washington spank the cats last night seven two or yesterday afternoon six one i thought it was it, yeah it was a five nil difference yeah yeah um but yeah Speaking i mean five the rat marshan put up five today boston <sighs> ties the series with carolina i know see man. and that one too i i said you know if anderson plays um then then carolina will beat them and if anderson doesn't boston has no chance and carolina won two games with the fucking fourth string goaltender yeah and then now he's faltering a little bit but and yeah, the slash Marshan gave him in game three. What a piece of shit. Yeah, I know. I hate, I fucking hate Boston. But to kind of run through the uh, playoff matchups here, we have Colorado, uh, Nashville. Colorado's up 3-0. There's no chance in fuck that Nashville wins game four. That'll be a, queen, a clean sweep. I can't and, talk, and, sorry. And those games haven't been close. No, no, I mean. And and, Colorado is just, I like, I watched a little bit of the game today. Landis Cog was firing. He scored a goal. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, McKinnon, Rantanen, McCarr, Byram go on and on. And I mean, they it's lost disgusting. temper yesterday to a bad injury and, and Frank who comes in and stood on his head. Got, you know, I don't know if it's standing on your head when your defense is like that. Did Chris Osgood stand on his head? I don't think he really ever had. Not to. really. Yeah. <laughs> He's a great goalie. One of the best of all time, but yeah. yeah, but he wasn't a stand on your head. I mean, he did have great, he did have great game, but he wasn't, yeah. stealing games because he didn't have to. I mean, you know, sometimes maybe he stole a game or two, but it wasn't like, oh, we need Ozzy to be real good in this series. Now you just need him to stop the puck because the defense there is un-fucking-believable. Yeah, the next matchup, which is – I mean, oh, also, I was going to ask you, the refs are calling penalties this postseason for the first time in a long time. I know, and everybody's pissed off about that. And I say, you know what? Don't fucking put the whistles away. Everybody wants – fucking penalties called in the regular season and you want it different in the fucking playoffs. Ooh, let the boys play. You don't let the boys play when they're cross-checking, they're slashing and they're breaking the rules. The penalties should be the same in the fucking preseason as they are in the Stanley cup finals. And yeah. I don't see any bad, terrible calls where it's like, Oh my God, the ref is handing the Rangers the fucking hockey game. However, all the New York Rangers fans are complaining about that. No, I agree. And Hey, you know what? We, we always preach grow the game, all that shit. My buddies today, we were talking on, on, on Xbox playing some uh, video games together. They were putting some big bets on NHL games because these games are so exciting. We watched the Blues Minnesota game right after we recorded with Wyatt and they were fired up. The whole game was a power player, a PK, and it was chances What was galore. the final of that game? Uh, like five to three. For many? For St. Louis. It's tied to two. Oh, now. okay. Yeah. I saw Minnesota was up, so St. Louis came back. My boy yeah. Cam Jansen was there banging the gong to start the game off. Old St. Louis fan native. Exactly. Uh, next matchup. I mean, I think my second favorite team in the league is Calgary. So I, I'm rooting for Calgary here. Um, Dallas is leading them two to one in the series. Dallas has played really well. And this, this has been a very physical series as well. Both teams have looked either incredibly good or incredibly bad flip-flopping nights. The and first two games were just a fucking shit, shit show shit of fight show. fest. And then yeah. Dallas really spanked him in three. Dude, you know what I would give for Matt Kachuk right now to be a Red Wing? Uh, the left fucking nut. 
That guy Wait, is. Would you give as much as it's going to cost you to give up? Because he's an RFA this year. Yeah, probably not, man. But but probably you're looking <laughs> at ten, eleven million dollars, and then there goes your next three or four first round picks. And yeah, but that know, kid's special, I, man. Let's not kiss goodbye to Lambert and you know some other people or whoever you know for, for the next four years. We're I mean. Hopefully our draft picks aren't aren't lottery picks the, after this year, but uh, yeah, no, we still need this one. Agreed. Uh, next series, Edmonton, LA, got off to an interesting start. LA won that first game, and I can imagine what Edmonton sounded like. It was like, oh my god, here we go again. Like this is what we've been, you know, doing for the last couple of years. But Edmonton bounces back. The whistles are out, like we talked about earlier. Connor McDavid is drawing penalties. He's scoring incredible goals. That forward core looks really good for Edmonton, and especially with the weak defense that LA has, especially with uh, Drew Doughty out, this this series could end probably in the next two games. Yeah, and credit to 40-year-old Mike Smith because he's playing absolutely <laughs> unbelievable hockey. And, I mean, you go back to, what, the last 20 games of the season, I think he was like 18-1-1, and and it was like, what? Where, where was that Mike Smith all year? But he got hot at the right time, and that's all you need. There you go. Uh, heading over to the east now. That was just the west. Uh, we have Washington, uh, Florida. The Florida Panthers are shitting the bed. Can't say I'm surprised. Kind of surprised. I don't know. It, it's a weird series because uh, Florida came in, what did the President's Trophy, which doesn't typically fare well for teams. Like, I think there's only been one or two teams in the last 15 plus years that have won the cup after winning the President's. So, here we go again with that curse. And Washington is built for the playoffs. Like, they're a good playoff team. They always get overlooked um, since they 18 are, when they won. Yeah, yeah. Florida is just so talented. I thought it would not. I, and, and I mean, Washington's had a, an up-and-down year, and the goaltending's been shaky. And just with the talent yeah. alone on that Florida roster, uh, you know, starting – and it starts with Barkov and Huberdeau, who, who are two of the best that, that can play hockey. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, and then you add guys like Thornton and Giroux. And I know those other guys are aging, but Aaron Ekblad. And you have two great goaltenders in Bobrovsky. And you can go to Spencer Knight if one of them falters. Um, it's just, yeah. I'm Well, like I said, we both called Queen's, clean sweeps in that series. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the only one we both said was would be a sweep. We might have said um, uh, Avalanche, Preds. You're right. Yeah. But either and, way. Uh, well, we got way. that one. Hey. Yeah, there we go. True. <laughs> well, I guess we'll see. Maybe fucking pre- Preds bounce back. I don't know. Speaking of clean sweeps and championships, um, the Edmonton Oil Kings are now up two games to nothing on Red Deer after sweeping the first round against Lethbridge. Sebastian Costa, 6-0. and <laughs> Absolutely un-fucking-believable. I mean, this is also – this is junior hockey for those that don't know. Junior hockey is built that when you have a talent like Sebastian Costa in probably his last year, you give up the future. You give up draft picks for the next six years to get guys now to win now, because this is it. You have a a year now to win it. These guys aren't going to be around. They, I mean, they went out, they got um, Jake neighbors who played nine games for St. Louis this year. Um, Of course, I'm going to blank on the Nashville predators uh, defensive prospect. Um, who's the first athlete to come out of the closet. Uh, I can't even think of what his name is. Oh, now. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, a third-round third pick from last year. Yeah. yeah, who's a big boy, plays for Canada, great defenseman, uh, even better person for being able to do what he did. Um, unfortunately, I can't think of his name for the life of me. But they went <laughs> out. They, they really uh, they really mashed up. And um, Hamilton in the OHL playoffs I seen on Sportsnet or SportsCenter last night, uh, Mason McTavish is just tearing it up. 
Uh, the prospect's name is Luke Prokop. Prokop. Yep. Sorry yep. about that. Luke. So shout out Luke. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next series moving down here. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of hum through this. I got, uh, I got a pro cop, uh, in a hot pack. I, it was like a 97 overall. I was like, yeah, I'll put him on my first line. D. Go, yeah, go fuck for it. it. <laughs> uh, next series is your favorite Toronto, Tampa Bay. They're playing right now. Uh, Tampa Bay is shoving it to, uh, Toronto right now. Series is at two, one Austin Matthews. Finally is figuring it out. Mitch Marner finally is figuring it out. Um, but again, you're playing Tampa Bay, so this is going to be a slugfest from here on out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, three quick goals in the first, I think, seven or eight minutes today. Um, and then Kucherov almost buried one just seconds after, uh, you know, jolly old fat Pat put it, made it three nothing. Shout out to Pat Maroon. Make it three nothing. Three time back to back to back cup champ. Uh, yeah, I think Tampa's, Tampa's going to end up winning this one. Toronto. Toronto's beaten Vasilevsky, I think, more than any team has beaten Vasilevsky in a seven-game series, and it was in the first three games. At the end of the day, Vasilevsky's going to figure out that, oh, yeah, okay, I'm a brick wall. That's right. Yeah, we'll see. I'm still on Toronto's side. I still think Toronto's going to pull us out of their asses somehow. Like, after after tonight, it'll be 2-2 after tonight. You go back to Toronto. If Toronto wins game five, then I don't know. I I think it could be very tough for uh, Tampa Bay to win, win two. So if anybody out there is listening, wants to co-host a podcast with me, Evan's going to be fucking out when he keeps cheering yeah, for these fucking leads. I know. Hit me up on Twitter. Maybe I'll get new power to host. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you guys don't know, Wes is a Montreal or a Toronto hater. He's got family ties to Tampa Bay. So it's a very uh, personal series for you, I'd say. Yeah, I would have got, I'd be rooting for the fucking Coyotes against the Leafs. <laughs> That's fucked up. But yeah, I'd probably same, honestly. Uh, next the series, Spitfires, fuck, OHL, <laughs> baby. Yeah, uh, the next series is probably my favorite to watch so far. It's been a absolute shit show, fights every night. The most physical series so far. Are uh, they tonight but... again? No, they Calgary? played. Earlier. They played earlier. No, t- this is uh Boston, Cal- uh, Carolina. Oh, okay. I thought. It, okay, who plays tonight? Edmonton or Calgary? Edmonton, 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 L.A. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, this series has been awesome to watch. Like Andrei Sveshnikov is a fucking man and he's got a man with a ton of skill. I mean, this team is so fun to watch and I mean, not to knock Boston, like they're an incredible team as well. Like they, they're, I don't know. It's going to be hard to knock them down, but same with Carolina. It's like, this team is so good. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned how, how Washington was built for the playoffs and they've been there. Well, guess what? I mean, Boston, Boston is, yeah. still holds their core that won a Stanley cup, what, 11 years ago. <laughs> which is fucked up and other than char like that and the and rast that whole core is still there and crazy but like you basically replaced him with a combination of uh taylor hall eric hall eric hall uh, yeah exactly Hala? Hala? yeah yeah, eric yeah. Hall. um yeah I, I still think carolina wins that series though i hope they do same i fucking hate boston uh, i know and i always laugh like because like i said i'm a i'm a diehard patriot well I'm not really a diehard football fan, but I'm a Patriots fan. And I'm a, a, even though I'm losing interest in baseball, I've always been a diehard Red Sox fan, and I will be till I till I go. But uh, no, not the Boston Bruins, man. Can't do it. Yep, <laughs> I think that's yeah, that's fair. Um, last series, we got Pittsburgh, New York. This, I don't know. I look at this in so many different ways. Like Alex Lafreniere had a goal this series. Like I can see this being being a coming out party for that 
Oh, sorry. Stevie's yelling in the background. For the, <laughs> they call it the kid line in New York, which is uh, Philip Heedle, Kevin Kako, and uh, Alexi Lafreniere. Um, I love that storyline up against um, Sidney Crosby, Malkin, oh, Latang, you know, all those. Did you see the, the blind behind the through the legs pass that Crosby made last night, though? I mean, that's just vintage fucking Sid the kid. See, I, I think like I want him doing more of that because just like Trevor Zegers, like it makes the game more exciting when your stars are doing shit like that. I know it's not easier said than done, obviously, but it, it's so cool to see like Crosby and those guys doing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this has been a good series as well. I think they got, I think New York got screwed in game one, the uh, goal, like with two minutes left in the third period that was overturned. Um, I mean, we can argue till the sun. Yeah. The goal interference. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was iffy, but you know, shit happens. Exactly. Three overtime. It's a game of inches. It's a game of, uh, you know, I had a coach in high school. Uh, he, he said, you know what? Uh, he said, Wes, it's a, it's a game of bounces and we didn't get the bounces today. That's all. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I mean, that's the truth. Sometimes you get all the bounces and sometimes it's not going your way. Yep. Agreed. Um, well, that's the playoffs. Um, I mean, we've had some fucking great games so far, man. And I'm so excited for the rest. The second round's going to be even better. And I can't imagine where the cup's going to end up. So it's going to be great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, some quick Red Wings news. Uh, Zadina's dad won his third straight Czech extra league game with Osolari. Shout out to him. Um, speaking and of then Zidane, moved on right to another team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. He just won three championships. Why wouldn't that team? Why wouldn't? Uh, but I don't know how it works over there. You know, maybe uh, who knows? Their their player transfers are weird. Maybe their coaches are weird like that too. Coach transfers and stuff. Who really knows what goes on? Um, I don't know. Fuck. What Red Wings prospect just went to Rogel? There, there's a team. Hey, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, he's gonna get. Um, Again, it'll be, um, you know, a little closer to where Lidstrom is. Um, and um, uh, I think it was ultimately uh, Lidstrom who came, who wanted to the, the decision with Iserman, um, knowing that um, they're a little younger and he'll get a lot more playing time and be a little more of an experienced player than he was on uh, Frulunda. Frulunda. And everybody say, else yeah. is leaving Frulunda and coming to Detroit anyways. <laughs> I, dude, yeah, it's the pipeline, man. Um and that's all I had. We can talk prospects real quick if you want, or we can wrap up and we can send it right to Wyatt. Uh, yeah, let's just send it right over to Wyatt. All right. Without further ado, here is Wyatt Newpower. Yeah. Wyatt Newpower. Wyatt, thanks a lot. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know. You want to start it off, Evan? Yeah, man. So I guess like the first question, you know, that fans listening are going to wonder is like, what can we expect from you? Um, in Grand Rapids and maybe in Detroit in the future. What, what's like your style of play? What do you like to do on the ice? Yeah, it's uh, so I'm a I'm a big frame, so I like to uh, more of a two way defenseman. Um, you know, break start the start the breakout first pass defenseman. Um, get the guys going up the ice and then um, try to match the top lines of other teams and and shut them down and keep them off the uh, the scoreboard and um and then the penalty kill is is something i take a lot of pride in as well so uh, i like to be a part of the penalty kill and and um i'd like to take on that challenge and and yeah just a uh just a just a hard nose shut down tough to play against and a guy likes to get under the skin of, of the uh the good players on the other team yeah we've noticed that uh yeah <laughs> i saw you i live in des moines actually so i catch some of your games i saw you on oh, okay 
Yeah, so like April 19th against uh, the Wild here. First thing I noticed, like, you're, yeah, you are a huge dude. So, um, <laughs> yeah, looking forward to seeing you play in the future here. Definitely. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and that's uh, that's good. That's Red Wing hockey, you know. Like, get physical, yeah. uh, bang up some bodies. I grew up. Uh, I'm I'm in, I'm 35, so I grew up. Uh, you know, with the 90s Red Wings, the the grind line, and the yeah. you know winning, winning the championships and having the tough guys, you know, and and McCarty and just beating your yeah. ass if anything went down and Probert before that. Um, now I know with um, in the AHL, there's a lot of defensemen uh, kind of like that come up and go down, maybe injuries and guys go. Um, who is me? Uh, your pretty much main uh defense partner this season in grand rapids um yeah like like you said it, it changes for us this past year it was almost changing every night uh it felt like just with the way things go and with that COVID stuff still lingering around you guys are in and out before games you know sometimes 30 minutes before puck drop so um I really honestly got to play with everyone um I'm a right-handed so I didn't play with other right-handers uh obviously but um, played a lot with Jared McIsaac, uh, who was one of my closest friends on the team. So that was nice. Uh, got to have we're, we're both big McIsaac guys. So, uh, <laughs> that's, oh, okay. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome dude. Um, so we had some good chemistry and, and then played a lot with, uh, Brian Lashoff, who was a, a awesome mentor for me. Uh, we play a very similar style and, um, you know, he's obviously been around forever and, and specifically, uh, with the, with this organization only. So it's been, it was a pleasure to play with him and um, yeah, really, you know, I played with everyone uh, as far as left-handers, you know, I certainly played probably a full game with each of them, just with everything, how everything changed. But uh, those two, I definitely played probably the most with. So, so no chance of you teaming up uh, with cider on the twin towers. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you never know, obviously, but uh, <laughs> you'll yeah, take it make, if they let you play with yeah. them. <laughs> Right, that would make my life much easier if I got to play with him for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's he's so uh, he's just so smooth and like he looks. I, I mean, you you uh, obviously were in prospects. Ca- oh, he wasn't in prospects camp, was he? No, he wasn't with us at the rookie tournament, but got to be around him. Um, you know, for like uh, season and, and whatnot, and uh, my experience through that. So yeah, he's. I mean, <laughs> he's a generational talent, obviously, and they definitely hit the jackpot with him. So he'll be, hopefully he's a red wing for a long time. He'll certainly be in the league for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he seems like, uh, just like, you know, he doesn't like he, I'm sure he does. And I'm sure everybody does, but uh, he just seems like he's not under stress at all. And he just, right. and he just, you know, everything, it looks like it comes so easy to him. And obviously that's not the case, or maybe it is the case. I played hockey yeah. and it didn't come easy for me, but uh, yeah, right. yeah I'm, I'm not most cider or even Wyatt Newpower. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, he certainly makes it look easy for sure. He does. Uh, so when you are in GR during the season, who's your roommate? And then on the road, who's your roommate there as well? Yeah, so in GR, I actually live with my fiance. She lives full time with me. Um, so um, live with her at home in in the same apartment complex. Actually, though, we had uh, Dan Renuff, um, Jared McIsaac, Seth Barton, and Patrick Curry. So we all lived in the same complex right next to each other. Um, and then on the road, um, again, changed a lot. But most of the time, um, I was with Jared McIsaac. So just another like, just another way that we built a lot of chemistry and became really good friends on the team. Absolutely. Uh, you know, obviously, we're a Red Wings podcast. And we, we know a lot more about the Red Wings facilities and trainers and coaches just because that information is more you know, available. But it's an mm-hmm. interesting perspective to have you on here, you know, to talk about Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids. So 
give us like a rundown of how the facilities are, how the coaches are, trainers, and, you know, kind of like the overall um, vibe, I guess, around the organization team. Yes. Yeah. So from what I heard, it uh, they did a, quite a few uh, renovations to the Van Andel uh, within the last five, five years, I think I want to say um, that they gave them a lot more room. And, and now we have a, a dry changing room that you, you take your street clothes off and get into your Under Armour and whatnot, and uh, which is super nice. Like that, that's something that makes life a lot easier on us. And it's really nice to have. And we got a full gym. Um, you know, obviously it doesn't have to be too big because, uh, you work out whenever, like there's no scheduled workout. So we don't have 23 guys scheduled to be in there at the same time. So, you know, it's perfect. Guys are filtering in and out. And, um, so the gym is great. And, and then just the, everything else there is so nice. The locker room, um, is, is super nice and, uh, it's big, it's spacious and, you know, full stereo and all that, all that jazz. So, um, and then, yeah, the staff there is is amazing that from everybody from uh, coach Simon all the way down to, you know, our strength trainers are uh, whatever, whatever be athletic trainers. And um, everybody is so great. And uh, they welcomed me with open arms, even though I was a big time enemy the year before playing them 10 times uh, sitting, uh, sitting on the other side of the bench. Um, they were, they welcomed me with open arms and I had a blast playing for everyone uh, that was a part of the Grand Rapids organization. Wes, you're muted, I think. Sorry about that. You make the arena sound so good, the Coyotes might move to Grand Rapids. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously. <laughs> I was going to ask you, we're going to talk about teammates here in a second, but what's your favorite place to play on the road? Um, I like Texas. Uh, it's a small – well, it's not like – Physically, it's not actually smaller, but uh, there's different setups and layouts and whatnot that make rinks feel small or make them feel big. And um, I think a lot of the guys think Texas uh, plays a little smaller and tighter and the game seems faster. And um, I like playing there because I just feel comfortable and um, feel like I'm able to uh, do my job a lot better with how the ice feels smaller. And um, yeah, I would say Texas was pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to think where else Toronto. That was my, my first time in Toronto. That was cool. So nice. Um, yeah. Teammates. Sorry. I had a little brain fart there, but yeah. you know, as you know, we we're watching the pipeline kind of fill up and talent is accumulating down in Grand Rapids. There's a lot of, you know, hope in Detroit for guys like Jonathan Berger and um, some mm-hmm. of the younger guys that are, you know, potentially going to make an impact sooner rather than later. So talk about, um, what it's like being his teammate and some of the other younger guys. Yeah, obviously Bergie had a fantastic year setting the record for uh, rookie points. And, um, you know, I think he came over and he learned a lot and he learned it quick uh, just with the physical differences. We're, we play on a much smaller ice surface uh, than he's used to. So obviously that was a big change for him and um, he picked it up quick and obviously he took care of his business throughout the season and, um, I think I personally didn't, I wasn't familiar with a lot of the Red Wings prospects, obviously, cause I was new to the organization. So, um, you know, I think I didn't know what to expect from him because I didn't know too much about him, but, um, I think he's going to be a heck of a playmaker, um, when it, when his time is, when his time comes and he certainly showed that to all of us this year, 
uh, just what he's able to create on the ice. And then as far as the other guys, um, like our, our team was pretty, pretty young. I would say I'm, I'm pretty sure um, that just the amount of prospects that the Red Wings have. And um, I just think that like, there's a, such a bright future um, with the, the group of younger guys that we have coming up and um, you know, there's obviously different guys that make their impacts in different areas. And, um, and then the, they even, they did a great job this year with having older guys to, to mentor those younger guys. And, um, you know, that was something that I benefited from. And I think every single uh, younger guy would say the exact same thing. Perfect. Um, going, you know, uh, what, one thing I wanted to ask you about was the guy that we talked a lot about. We were very interested in seeing him and, um, he ended up getting hurt and not playing a whole lot was, uh, is, uh, Kirill Tutayev. And I don't even know if I said that properly. Um, yeah. now do you, do you think he sticks around, um, or maybe goes back to Russia? I don't, I don't know how bad it was a shoulder injury that he had. Correct. Mm, yeah, it was. Yeah. So it obviously was pretty bad because he only played maybe nine games or something. Did, did, yeah. In those nine games, did you think he warranted sticking around it with the organization? Yeah. And I actually got to see him play. He obviously played with us in Traverse city in the prospect tournament too. And um, he came out with a bang. I think he had two goals or something in the first game and everybody's like, Whoa, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's a, not many people knew what to expect, really, I guess. He, he doesn't speak great English, so it's like it's – and I, I'm used to that, thankfully. I played with some Russians in college that didn't uh, speak great language, so I was used to it when I met him in the summer. Um, and we trained all summer together, and we're on the ice all summer together. So I had a pretty good idea of what kind of player he was and um, the skill set that he had. And, yeah, I think, you know, obviously it was a tough bounce. It happened in practice, and, you know, it was a complete accident doing a drill, and um, he goes down with injury. And I, I – I don't know what to expect. I would like to think they will bring him back and I'd like to have him back because I think he can be a valuable part of the team. And um, again, I, I, he's a big playmaker, but he's, he's also a goal scorer. He's got a, he's got a real good shot. Um, so I, I think he's just kind of got that natural goal, goal scoring touch. Um, and he's obviously got an adjustment period to make as well uh, coming over from Russia and playing over in Europe. Uh, and it's just a different style of play, different ice, all that stuff. So, and he didn't get to make that, adjustment this year because he only had a handful of games so I think I would like to see him back for sure um, and, and I think once he gets a feel for it he gets a feel for the game and I think he can be a really valuable goal scorer for any team that he plays on in the future yeah that's well that's good to hear and I think uh, I think a lot of people us included and a lot of people around the organization are really got our fingers crossed uh, for a Pavel Datsuk 2.0 <laughs> yeah yeah I've seen the comparison yeah I hope so too I hope so too <laughs> So you're a Minnesota guy. Um, you rooting for the Wild right now, or how does that kind of go when you're actually in a pro league? Does that kind of fend and trail off, or how does that kind of work? Uh, I think it might be different with every with every guy you ask, maybe. But uh, obviously, my whole family still lives there, and all my buddies that I grew up with are all there. And everybody's a diehard Wild fan, so I'm I certainly am watching all their games in the playoffs and uh, rooting for them because you know if they win, it's great for the state. Uh, Right. So, uh, without with the Red Wings not being in the playoffs, and you know, obviously, you want to you want to have uh, something to watch, something to root for, and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I certainly follow the Wild, um, just because I grew up my whole life watching them, of course. So, uh, yeah, I think. Who are the guys uh, you looked up to when when you were growing up? Um, 
there were guys on the wild. Obviously, I loved uh, Marion Gabrick. He was the face of the Minnesota Wild when I was a kid, and even though he's not a defenseman, um, it was always awesome to watch him. Um, and they have guys that aren't as big in names like Nick Schultz, who was a huge part of that organization when I was a kid. Brent Burns came into the league with oh, the Wild. That's right. It was awesome, awesome to watch him. Um, and then growing up, I watched uh, just other guys around the league more than I watched um, or focus on one guy. I watched a lot of uh, the Blackhawks and the Red Wings and guys like Cronwall and Lindstrom and, and those guys. And then um, like Rob Blake, Adam Foote. Uh, just Chris Pronger was, I was a huge fan of Chris Pronger and um, yeah, just, I love to watch a bunch of guys. I, I love to watch hockey. So I, but yeah, the, the main guys growing up in Minnesota were guys like Marion Gabrick and Brent Burns and uh, Nick Letty was a hometown guy. I got to watch him when he was even in college. And um, so it was, it was cool to watch those guys. I, I like that. You said uh, Burns and, um, yeah, sorry. Yeah. And and Cronwall and Pronger, you said, because, um, you know, I, I like to hear that because uh, you're you're very physical. And uh, so that I kind of bodes with your with your style yeah. of play, those guys. And maybe maybe when you're in Detroit, uh, you can start Cronwalling people. And we can say they, that they just got powered or something. Yeah, hopefully. I wouldn't hate that. <laughs> uh, who, who, oh, sorry, Evan, go ahead. No, go ahead. I've been talking a lot. Uh, I was just going to ask uh, uh, maybe who was your uh, like your greatest influence on uh, being a hockey player growing up? Um, yeah, so my my whole family, um, my dad and he, my dad had three brothers. They they were all athletes, played hockey growing up. Um, even on my mom's side, my her her brothers played and her uh, one of her brothers played junior hockey. And so everyone I know and that surrounded me played. Uh, and then I have four siblings as well. And uh, four out of the five of us all played hockey and we had a rink in our backyard. And um, I think it would certainly have to be my dad just with, um, you know, he was obviously through everything and um, brought me to everything. And my mom too, of course. Um, but my dad was my first coach and, um, and then my older, I'm the number two kid in the family. So I had an older brother that I grew up with and obviously I, everything was a competition with him and, um, so yeah, I always wanted to beat him, but yeah, my dad, uh, for sure was the biggest influence and, and, uh, he worked hard to be able to, uh, put me in the best situations growing up in, uh, different teams and, and tournaments and whatnot. I guess, I guess that's what, uh, all the family and everybody playing that's, that's Minnesota, the state of Minnesota for you. It's like, I'm from Canada, so I get it. Everybody yeah. plays. And if you don't play, you're the, uh, you're the weird kid, the outcast. Yeah, or something. yeah, you're the outcast. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it just, it is what it is. I, I can't explain it. It's just what you do. Yeah. Another question I had was, um, what was it like playing high school hockey there? Yeah, that, that's usually the question I, I get. Just, uh, <laughs> and I understand why because now that I've been, I've moved out of the state for the past uh, five, six years now. I've been able to follow it, and I realize how big it is, and people are. When it's going, when the state tournament's going on, people are bombarding me with questions and all that stuff. So <laughs> I, I, I understand the fascination with it uh, more now that I've been out of the state. But uh, yeah, it's it's really you really can't explain it um, just because it's not really it's different everywhere else. It's just not the same, and um, it's the what makes it so special. The conclusion that I've come to is that you, I played for the same team my whole entire life. I went to. I played for White Bear Lake uh, my whole entire life, and I played with the same kids my whole life. 
um, until I got to college, of course. But so that's like, that's the special part is you go through youth hockey and it's all like, it's all fun and games with your friends. And then you get to high school and it obviously gets a little more serious with uh, hoping to continue after high school, but you're still playing with those same kids and you're still going to school all day in, in their classes. And you get your schedule at the beginning of the year and you're comparing with all your buddies, what classes we're in together. And then you get out of school and you drive over to the rink together and you just, you're always together. Um, and you have, and you have been together since you were five, six, seven years old. So, um, and then you just get the chance to, you know, everybody wants to play at the XL Energy Center in, in March at the state tournament. And, um, that's just so special because of the state and the fans and how, how amazing they've been able to make it. And, um, you know, every, every kid wants to play in front of a 18,000, uh, seat arena when every seat's filled and your student section, everybody from your schools, there screaming. And yeah, it's just, that's just because you just know everybody and you spent your whole life with everybody. And then you're going to try to do something, um, that, you know, not my school personally hadn't done all that many times. Um, so yeah, it's just, that's, I think that's just what makes it so special. So, so when you were with, when you were there at White Baird, you did go to the finals? I never made it to the XL oh. Energy Center. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Unfortunately. No, my little brother did a couple years after me. Uh, he played for the same school. He was able to go, so I got to live vicariously through him uh, while you, I was in college. But, you have yeah. a, oh, sorry. You have a, a sister that plays as well or played? Yeah, I do. I have a sister that played uh, high school hockey at White Bear as well, yeah. So is, is girls high school hockey, like, not probably not as wild as the guys, but still, like, get fans and, and a lot of people and – Oh yeah. Yeah. They've, it's certainly come a long way, um, over the years and, and just because of the talent of some of these girls and, uh, you know, they're, they're, there's girls off of all teams going division one now all over the country. And so, yeah, the, the girls side of things have, has. Right. So, so yeah, being from Minnesota, uh, like I said, um, the decision to go to UConn, um, how, how did you make that decision? Yeah. So I've, was uh, originally planning on going to junior, which I was told basically my whole high school career that that would be a thing because uh, I just would need more time to develop into a bigger frame. And um, and then UConn came calling and uh, said they wanted to see me play. They had never seen me play, heard about me uh, through a scout um, who I had no idea who they were talking about at the time. I had no idea how – I have zero idea how they at the time found out who I was. But Yeah, uh, there's scouts everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. And um, so they threw me in a tournament out at the Mike Ruzioni Community Center in Winthrop, Mass. Um, and I played in the tournament, uh, went down and visited the campus in Yukon. It's about two hours away. Um, met with the staff, everything. And, um, you know, through the whole process, I, I kept saying to them, I was like, don't you think I need to go to juniors? Everybody's told me I do, yada, yada, yada. And they're like, nope, we want you now. And I was like, well, and so they had no right-handed defenseman on their roster. Um, so my dad and my mom and I, we all sat down and uh, my dad being more familiar with hockey, we were like, well, you're the only right-handed defenseman. That's a huge advantage. Um, and then my mom's side was, she didn't want me to take any years off of school. Um, so it just kind of worked out perfectly. And, um, and so I ended up committing to UConn and uh, went out there as a true freshman and, uh, moved out there right away that summer and and got to work in with uh, the guys and the staff and uh, yeah the rest is history. Yeah, that's uh, 
See, I, I'm from Canada. And, uh, you know, most of my buddies went and played juniors, OHL and whatnot. So it's different to yeah. hear, you know, kind of what goes on with the NCAA, the whole recruiting process, as opposed yeah. to, hey, we drafted you. You're coming to us. Um, right. Yeah. Now, now you mentioned uh, when you were saying going to UConn, you went there, you played as a true freshman. Um, one of your teammates was somebody who just absolutely broke out in the NHL for a 40 goal uh, season. Uh, Tage Thompson. Uh, yeah. Do you think this is going to be a, a par for the course thing for him? Absolutely. Uh, I was actually just at his wedding last summer um, and got, I was talking to him a little bit. We stay in touch quite a bit and he lives in the Connecticut or in Connecticut in the summer. So I'm sure I'll see him again this summer. But um, when I got to school, he was fresh off a 16 power play goal season or something that year as a, he was an accelerated freshman. So he was a 17 year old freshman. Jeez. Oh, he was a freshman the same year you were or no, sorry. No, that was the was second a, year when you were a freshman. Yeah, so his oh, first okay. year there, he was even – I was a true freshman. He was an accelerated freshman. So he was even younger than I was um, Holy moly. his first year. He's only two months older than I am. He's an October baby. So, um, yeah, and he had a breakout season that freshman year and um, obviously got drafted first uh, first round after that season. And when I got there, I had – he's got the hardest shot, I think, to this day that I've ever seen in my life. Um, and then he's also bigger than me, faster than me, and is way better at stick handling and handling the puck. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it's, I don't think this is, I mean, I know everyone else is surprised because he hasn't had quite that much success at the NHL level yet, but I think it's not going to go away and I, he, he's going to start, he'll be, a, he'll become a household name. I'm sure, uh, if he hasn't already with the way that kid shoot the puck and, um, just make simply make plays. I've never seen a guy that big be able to handle a puck as well as he can. Wow. That's, that's big praise. That's kind of uh, like Eric Lindros being kind of the first big power forward that could do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so you, you said he's got all that stuff on you. He's bigger. He's faster. He's got a harder shot. I bet he won't drop the gloves with you though. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I actually got to play against him in the uh, preseason, which was pretty cool. Um, and I was giving him a hard time and in, in front of the net after a scrum one time, but I don't know. He has fought in the NHL, so he, he might be willing one day. We'll see. Yeah. Um, now the, speaking of the NHL and, um, you know, go, coming from college, you, you were undrafted. You went to, um, uh, Cleveland. I almost said Lake Erie. I got a buddy that used to play for them when they were the Lake yeah. Erie monsters. Um, what, what was it like when the Red Wings come calling and, and, you know, looking to give you a contract? Uh, I mean, it was it was pretty crazy. Uh, I wasn't necessarily expecting it because I, for the whole season and basically whatnot, I had fully intended on hopefully being lucky enough to go back to uh, that, the Columbus organization. And um, I think that was, that was kind of the uh, consensus after my meeting uh, that year. And I wanted to go back. They wanted me back. And um, for whatever reason is, that's above my pay grade, but it didn't work out. And, uh, and then, uh, yeah, the, the wings came calling and it was, um, I mean, it was a no brainer for sure. And, uh, I obviously played against them 10 times that year, I think. So they got to play or they got to see me play quite a few times. And, um, I must've played well enough, I guess. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was super cool just with the historic organization and, um, obviously the people in charge now are, guys I grew up watching like uh, Iserman and Cronwall and uh, Lindstrom's back and it's it's pretty nuts to um, 
be working for those guys. I, I mean, all my buddies were like, like they all think it's the coolest thing ever. And well, it is. Um, That's what I think. Too. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I no, I, I do too. I, you're. The, uh, but you said uh, you know it was a no brainer. Uh, Steve Eisman probably doesn't hear the word no very often, so. No, I can't imagine he does. No, not from a player, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. What I was going to ask you, when you signed the ELC, were you in Detroit and did you get to meet Eisman? No, actually, I was uh, I was in the Washington, D.C. airport on my way to Florida with my fiance. <laughs> Have you met him yet, though? Yeah, I did. I met him in training camp and shook his hand and talked to him for a bit. And um, yeah, that was a pretty, uh, pretty surreal moment for me, for sure. Yeah, a little different. I, I met him about uh, 15 years ago when he was still playing. I was at a game in Tampa, yeah. and he wasn't playing. We were, I was sitting right in front of the press box, and I shook his hand and met him. And obviously a different for a player, but uh, it was it was just like I felt like, no, this is different. And he was my idol growing up uh, in hockey. Yeah. But, yeah, just shaking his hand, and, and I asked him for an autograph, and he just said, you see all these Red Wing jerseys? He goes, if I sign yours, I'm going to be here all night. And I said, yeah, not a problem. And he was yeah, just like, enough. nice to meet you. And I was like. Yep, that's a hand I won't wash. But. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I was curious about, like, when you guys are traveling, typically it's like a back-to-back uh, in, you know, different cities. So when you are in a city like Des Moines, are you guys going out on those nights? Or, like, what's kind of like the uh, post-game ritual? Evan's trying to stalk you at the bars after the game. <laughs> I'm trying to stalk you at the bars, yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, it, it all depends on our travel schedule this year. Was It was pretty hectic. Um, and it felt like a lot of the times we were in Des Moines, for example, or, or Rockford or Milwaukee specifically, um, it was always the back end of a back-to-back and we were traveling in that night and then leaving right after the game, really. Um, so there, there isn't a whole lot just, just with the way our schedule works. And because we're kind of right on that, that cusp of being able to bus to all our cities, but they're not exactly short bus rides at the same time. Um, <laughs> So like that, that, that makes it a little tougher for us to be able to, to go out as a team and, and hang out with all the guys uh, on uh, when we play those teams in our league that are all over there in the Midwest. So um, not too much, unfortunately. I have buddies that played junior hockey in Des Moines and um, they were always telling me all the spots to go. But uh, I, w- I would like to, I like the city of Des Moines and it's obviously close for my family. So every time we were down there, my family would drive down. It's maybe, maybe three hours from our house. So uh, that was a city that they got to come watch me play every time. And, and yeah. It's got to be cool. I know it's not the Minnesota Wild, but still, like, seeing that sweater across the ice, like, that's – the first time you played them, it's probably like, wow, I like I made it. You know, like, I'm playing a team. Yeah. We're up loving. So Yeah, cool. for sure. What what else you got, Wes? Um, so, you talking about the bus. What uh, – who are you on the bus? Are you sleeping? Are you playing video games? <laughs> or are you playing cards? Uh um, I'm not a sleeper. I cannot sleep for the life of me. Um, and I was a young, young guy, rookie. So usually, usually was doubling up on the bus, uh, depending on the amount of guys we had or the space. But, um, I have a, a, a gaming laptop that I can just plug my Xbox controller into, um, and just play. So I got that about halfway through the year and I'll bring that with me for the eight hour bus ride to Iowa or, uh, play some video games and then towards the end towards the end of the year here or the last couple of weeks um we were short some of the guys that were cards players so i got the call up to the card table and i uh, got to play some cards with the guys so I, I yeah but i'm certainly not sleeping but that's that's a for sure no what do you like to play? <laughs> what's that 
What do you like to play? What kind of video games? Um, I play NHL, but I can't get that on my laptop, unfortunately. Um, and then I play uh, Apex Legends. Nice. Um, which is part of Fortnite and those games. Um, PGA. Uh, a lot of the guys on the team will play against each other on PGA. Um, Who, who's the best? Who's play. the best on the team at PGA? That's that's a big debate on the team. Big <laughs> oh debate. yeah, everybody thinks it's them, huh? Yeah, Ryan Murphy likes to think he's he's the world number one, but I don't know. I took him down quite a few times, so oh. it's a, it's about a three or four way tie for who's the world number one in PGA. Oh, that's speaking of PGA, you guys golf a lot together. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm a huge golfer. Uh, McIsaac is is also a huge golfer. So we we try to play as much as we can. And then uh, guys like uh, Murphy is is a golfer. Barber. Um, we actually just went on on uh, last Tuesday before a lot of the guys left town. Twelve of us uh, went up to Arcadia Bluffs and got to play actually. Nice. Uh, in, in Michigan there, so it was, it was really cool. That's a top five course I've ever played at. So it was, it was, it was a lot of fun to. Go up there. Are you so, chosen uh, oh, sorry, golf? Go. Connecticut, Michigan. That's some awesome golf over there. Yeah, I've been fortunate to play uh, to play some good golf courses in my in my life. Yeah. Did Did you get in at any in, in Traverse City? Because that's a great little golf town. Uh, were you there in training camp? Yeah, I, I played uh, one or two two rounds, maybe one or I think I played two rounds up there at the courses or at the resort. And those are yeah, those are really nice courses too, especially in the fall. It's it's hard to beat fall golf, especially in the Midwest. So, yeah. Now, now you you went on said who was the best PGA or who who was not the best or whatever. Uh, who's the best <laughs> real life golfer on the on the Griffins? Um, I think it would be between McIsaac and I. We're the we're about dead even. We usually play head to head, and it's I think we might have split two to two this year in the different matches we played, and then we played a couple matches together and. Uh, just kind of mopped up the course, so that was a lot of fun. But yeah, no, it's. Um, I think it might be between McIsaac and I, and we're about head to head even, so it's, it makes it a lot of fun for sure. What's your handicap? Um, I usually play. My app on my phone says a three point seven. Jesus Christ! Uh, and I think I think McIsaac is. I mean, he's right around there too. We're we're basically the same. That'd be nice. Being a fucking three point seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, some would say I might take it a little too serious, but uh, no. I grew up playing golf and uh, played competitively when I was younger, and would actually really like to play uh, competitively during the summers and uh, in whatever state I live in. There you uh, go. We'll sponsor you. How about that? Have you ever uh, yeah. ever had a hole in one? I have. I have one hole in one in my. Oh, life. really? I got one a couple years ago. That was an exciting time. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a par three about two hundred and fifteen yards, so it was nothing. But uh, no, it was that's nice. pretty impressive. A two anything over two hundred yards is an incredibly hard par three. So and and the rest of the day, I was hitting it about four feet off the tee. So that tells you how good and my golf game is. I go there to nobody, have a nice uh, a nice day with drinking with the boys. <laughs> yeah, nobody remembers the bad ones. Yeah. Oh, I do because most of them are all bad. <laughs> but uh, I don't yeah, know if you can answer. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Wes. No, I was just gonna. I, you, I was just gonna say you can uh, go next with a question. I don't know if you can answer this, but who do you got to win the cup this year? <laughs> um, obviously, it would be great for Minnesota to win the cup, uh, just because it would be awesome for the whole state, and it's never happened there. And 
Uh, there hasn't been a championship in Minnesota in quite some time either. So but the links, um, yeah, the links for sure. The links are real good. Um, but who, as far as who I think is going to win it, um, oh, I don't know. It's a pretty darn good playoffs this year. I think for competitive, uh, te- every team is just so deep. Um, as long as you don't say Toronto, because I'll 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 just cut yeah. you right off. I'll I'll be writing letters to Iserman to cut you. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. They have a they have a big mental battle to get over with their uh, their last eighteen years. I don't know. It's tough to say, but Colorado's obviously got to be up there. That team is unbelievable. Um, I don't know. I think Carolina's good, but they just lost to Boston this afternoon. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, it'll now, be right? it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, they just tied up the series two to two, so I think it'll be interesting to see. Uh, out of the West, you have to expect Colorado to come out of that. Um, out of the East, I don't know. The East is a fucking gong show. It's crazy. Yeah, it's just way too tight. I don't know what that what that that division. It was the first time in history that all eight teams were over hundred points, right? If that's yeah. That's- yeah, they had the most teams over 100 points in the NHL this year, I think, in history. So, yeah, it's crazy. Well, I'm rooting for the Wild too, for sure. I got a couple of buddies yeah. that grew up in Chaska and uh, Lakeville. Okay. So, yeah, I'm rooting for you guys for yeah. sure. Yeah, you know, I got I got a buddy that uh, does a little scouting mostly in uh, in the CHL here in Canada. But uh, I asked him if he had known anything about you, and he had told me that your senior year at UConn you might've had one of the best defensive seasons that a defenseman's ever had in UConn hockey. Is that a true thing? Um, I mean, I, I would hope so, but, um, and I had, I was, I think people see that I was plus 23 or 24 that year. And it was, uh, the best uh, UConn players had, um, ever. So it was, I was the best defensive defenseman in hockey East that year. So, um, yeah, I think we had a, unbelievable hockey team and it was unfortunate that I got cut off to COVID there because I think we were gonna uh do some damage that year and um but yeah it was a heck of a season and I think that season propelled uh my career to where I am today for sure well that's good we're glad you're in the organization for sure um another another question I had uh yeah and I just lost my train of thought on that one (laughs) (laughs) I'm all over the place today sorry guys no, you're good. We can cut this part. No worries. But uh, that's all I had for you. I, Wes, do you have anything else? Um, yeah, not really. Just uh, maybe like um, in training camp, um, how um, like the big guys, you know, the big names like Larkin, uh, Bertuzzi, those guys, how, how open and cool were they around, you know, younger guys and prospects like yourself uh, during training camp? Yeah, they were. I mean, they were very uh, inclusive and uh, helpful. And, uh, I know he's not there anymore, but a guy like Nick Letty, um, you know, he's a Minnesota guy as well. So I, I got to kind of hang around him a little bit. And if we were eating lunch or breakfast, whatever, maybe at the rink and, um, got to chat with him a little bit, just having something in common and obviously a, uh, Stanley cup champion and a veteran defenseman in the league. So there's plenty to learn there as well. And, um, you know, obviously the guys like Larkin and Bertuzzi and then they, they're, forwards and so there's a little more to relate to on the back end there um but yeah it was it was a really cool experience it was my first nhl training camp uh with the COVID stuff my rookie year in cleveland so it was a super super cool experience and um 
you know, you kind of, you don't know exactly what to expect going into a, uh, something like that in the preseason games. And uh, so it was a value, valuable experience and um, learned some, learned some pretty valuable lessons from uh, just watching the older guys and chatting a little bit and uh, getting to know some guys. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, now you've played two years in the American Hockey League. The one question I have that, that really bothered Evan and I was, um, is it because of COVID that all the divisions were playing a different amount of games or is that how the American Hockey League rocks now? Honestly, I have no idea because of how <laughs> new I am. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's been like that for the past few years. It's new maybe three, four years maybe. Um, I don't I don't know why, and neither does anybody else really. And, um, and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, I, I don't understand it either really because we play like in our division, we play – we played Chicago like 13 times and then someone else in the division maybe played them seven or eight. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't totally understand it. And, um, you know, I know that's not for me to understand, I guess, but uh, (laughs) yeah, above your big, yeah, I just feel like it just, I just feel like it makes things more difficult, but I don't know. Yeah. Where you come in, Oh, I played 76 games. And then another guy's like, yeah, I played 60 on my team. (laughs) I played a whole season. Um, now, do you guys play every team at least once in the American League, or no? No, we play. So you just have, your conferences. Yeah, you so you play your uh, your conference, your division, and then you play um, a certain amount of um, non-division games too. So you, you kind of spread it out. Like this year, we were out west, um, and then I think I heard next year we'll we'll go out east and play some teams out east. So I think it just changes every year. Uh, depending on how many games you play and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how they determine it, but we were strictly uh, Midwest and Western teams this year. And um, I think it just changes every year based off your uh, who you play out of your division. Yeah. Now. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. That kind of makes, like, I mean, it kind of makes sense, but not really maybe <laughs> um, for, for longer road trips or uh, do you guys, are you always on a bus or do you get flights at all? Yeah, so we fly to Texas, um, and then this year we flew to – or we fly to Manitoba as well. Um, and then we flew to California this year. Um, and I want to say that is it for flights. Yeah, our two divisional so, teams so we fly many, to. Right? No, we have the divisional teams that we have to fly to in Texas to Manitoba, and then our non, non-division games uh, that we flew to were – California and I want to say that was it if I'm remembering correctly yeah yeah I uh I can remember uh you know you talk about the long bus rides I can remember when Curtis uh, before your guys both of your time when Curtis Joseph was a Red Wing um and he got sent down for conditioning or something to Grand Rapids and he had said a quote something like we were on the plane and we were on the runway for circling the runway for nine hours and then I realized it was a bus ride (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, th- those are long bus rides are always good bonding with the guys and uh, not that yeah. you guys aren't always with each other, but you know, just uh, got to get away from the game. You know, you beat some guys asses at PGA or what you do. And uh, yeah. h- how about uh, Chell? Who's the best Chell player? Um, I, th- I would have to guess McIsaac. He was my roommate and would bring his PlayStation on the road and he, he's a, 
pretty good uh, NHL player. I don't oh. remember too many guys going head to head in NHL. Um, but yeah, I think McIsaac's probably the best I would have to guess for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How about you, Evan? You got anything else? No, that's it. Well, hey, um, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. We're going to make a trip out to Traverse City for uh, training camps. Maybe we'll bump into you. But uh, until yeah, then, hopefully, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Let me do this again. So, yeah, awesome. and, and if you ever stay uh, overnight in Iowa, I'm sure Evan will bump into you at a bar. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there you go. Now no, I have a, I have a uh, point of contact. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cheers, All right, th- Thanks you. so much, Wyatt. We really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. And uh, yeah, have a good summer and good luck uh, next season and uh, throughout, uh, you know, going forward. We'll see yeah, you in Jersey pretty soon, hopefully. Yeah, 